Season 2, Episode 13. Boy, oh boy, I tell you, this has just been one of those weeks where there's so much stupidity. I'm actually starting already to work toward next week's episode. Uh, it's just, there's just too much to put in for this week. I have to now start putting some aside for next week. What the biggest thing was this, this silly uh, monolith. Can you believe this? It's like, it was like a daily update every day. Where was the monolith? It's like, where's Waldo? Anyway. Oh, and um, so, yeah, uh, that, that'll, that'll be part of our stupidity this week. Um, so um, enjoy the week. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, my insane Florida nephew has been enjoying a new fire pit, which hopefully I'll get to enjoy when I go down to visit him sometime. I like fire pits. I wish I had a fire pit. Maybe I can get him to come up to Pennsylvania and build me a fire pit. Okay, he's too stupid to talk and too ugly to eat. Given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder there's a mind left. It's Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. Glad you could make it back into my world. It's another stupid week as we head into Christmas 2020. My oh my, I mean it's uh, crazy enough for Thanksgiving 2020. What on earth could we be awaiting for Christmas 2020? It's anybody's guess. I know. Well, I know that um, this pandemic has um, drug on almost, um, well, now better than three quarters of a year. Um, and, yeah, we uh, got our official notice, finally, at uh, the, uh, the old radio station that, uh, well, we're going to have to take a pay cut. So, yeah. Well, on the bright side, um, still have a job. I mean, uh, when you consider the fact the radio industry itself isn't exactly like it used to be back in the heyday of uh, you know the 70s and 80s. So um, the fact that people are still actually paying to advertise on radio is uh, is a good thing. So I haven't quite become so desperate that I have to start hawking my voice. To anybody that would pay me a paltry sum to voice um, any type of uh, commercials or whatever, however, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't turn it down. You know, if any, if, if anybody thinks my voice is worthy, I would more than happy be able to take on any business to um, perform vocal services. I don't know how well I can do a Gary Owens impression, but uh, of course, if you're old enough to remember who Gary Owens is, <laughs> it says a lot right there, you know. So, I mean, it could be a lot worse, so I'm not going to complain. That's the nice thing about working for um, the mom and pop radio business. I mean, granted, you don't make a whole lot of money. Um, I mean, every, every different every job in radio has its pluses and minuses 
and I know people that have worked for the big corporates and while it's nice while the gravy's flowing at the big corporates sometimes the gravy don't always flow your way and um, there's always somebody else that's you know trying to take your gravy away from you so you may not have as much gravy when you work at the mom and pops but at least you got gravy you know so yeah granted radio is a fickle business you know it really is in fact well frankly any career is a fickle career anymore i mean really i mean whoever thought you'd ever see a day where you know used to you could work 45 years and retire you know get a gold watch that <laughs> you can't even say that about anything now i mean it's it's really weird you know but uh, i mean beauticians about the only ones I think that are going to be having a stable income, you know, because you can always, you know, work out of your garage and everyone wants to be made beautiful, you know, and you can kind of be self-employed. So, yeah, I guess if you wanted to be a beautician, that might be one career that you really are pretty well protected in. Although, I'm not sure I want to spend the rest of my life running my fingers through other people's hair. You know what I'm saying? It's just never has been something I've been hankering to want to do. But I will say this. I mean, there are good beauticians and there are not so good beauticians. But I think this might be one of the best reviews any business, beautician or otherwise, has ever received. Back in, well, October, a couple of months ago, there was a woman named Katria, Katriana or Katari. Katarina, 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 maybe it's Katarina. Katarina Montes is her name. She's from Arizona. She got herself in a very terrible car accident. And after she'd been in the hospital for three weeks, she texts a woman named Valeria Brianna. And why, you might ask, did she do this? Well, you see, uh, I guess Valeria is her name. Valeria had done Katriana's eyelashes before she had the accident. And, well, frankly, Katriana, uh, uh, Kata, Katarina, Katarina was just blown away by how well those eyelashes stayed in place and still looked good, <laughs> even through a car accident. She wrote, Hey, I might sound crazy, but I just wanted to say you are literally the best lash artist ever. Because, girl, I was in a really bad car accident on the 30th, and the lashes still lasted. Look. And, of course, she had to send a picture. And, of course, now her message and her picture are going viral. I guess this girl's lash business is picking up a little bit too yeah must be good business i guess see i could never i could never have that kind of luck in the radio business i never could you know but i will tell you this nothing can cap off a failed burglary quite like a quick dash of hypothermia you see there was a 32 year old guy in winnipeg manitoba canada who broke into a business at 
10.15 in the evening and stole their cash register. Now, obviously the cops caught up with him and started chasing him. So the guy, what does he do to escape? He jumps into the river. That's right. The guy jumps into a river in Canada in November. Of course, the river was icy and freezing, but the guy refused to be rescued for almost a half an hour. Well, he finally gave up after that, and the paramedics were there to pull him out of the water and take him to the hospital. But somehow, he didn't wind up doing any serious damage, staying in that freezing water that long, so he finally turned him over to the cops. Oh, uh, and you ready for this? The uh, cash register that he stole? Completely empty. (laughs) So, yeah, now he's been charged with breaking and entering and theft. Now he's in a little hot water. (laughs) I saw the movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Okay? I loved it. In fact, I've lived it. I have friends of mine that are still laughing over the fact how I literally lived that movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, trying to get home one year for Thanksgiving with one delay after another from airports. Frankly, I think... That movie has to be the best Thanksgiving movie ever made. There's that one scene, you know, where they go the wrong way on the highway. Remember that? Well, this is kind of like that, uh, plus drugs. Okay. A 43-year-old Corey White was driving down the highway in Utah going the wrong direction. And when a cop tried to pull him over, (laughs) he just floors it. They clocked him doing 110 miles an hour and had to stop his van to doing a pit maneuver. Luckily, it didn't cause a head-on collision, but when they asked why he took off, he said he thought he was dreaming and that the cop had challenged him to a race. Hmm. Now, the cop who stopped him uh, also could smell alcohol on his breath. Yeah, that's probably a good a good uh, clue right there. Oh, and they also found an open container in his cup holder. <laughs> and the, they, they, they drug tested him later on. Uh, turned out he'd been doing meth. Yeah, he's facing nine charges, including DUI, open container, reckless driving, and reckless endangerment. <laughs> and tell me, are you really surprised? No. Anyway, we had a lovely Thanksgiving here, very small, and, um, you know, not the Thanksgiving I'm normally used to. Normally, this would have been my year I would have gone back to Arkansas to see, to to hang around about 75 or 100 relatives for my biannual family reunion. So, Thanksgiving just wasn't really Thanksgiving, you know, except that, you know, we just had some turkey and dressing, and I didn't even get the the cranberry sauce, you know, I said that last last week on the podcast, but, you know, we, we, we do try to count our blessings in this pandemic year and give thanks for all the good, no matter how little of it we saw, but maybe some of the things that you were thankful for matched some of the things that made it on my top things that Americans are thankful for this Thanksgiving, <laughs> and I think we could probably agree with at least a few of them. For instance, 
we're probably thankful for the comedic styles of Rudy Giuliani. Or we're thankful that you never shared a Zoom call with Jeffrey Tubin. Oh, yeah. I'm thankful for a pants-optional work environment. And unlike certain legal figures, I think we all know to use sweat-proof hair dye. Thankful for that, too. Thankful that face masks do a great job concealing all the extra chins we grew during the lockdown. And the travel restrictions will keep you far apart from your QAnon-supporting uncle. It's always a good thing to be thankful for. I'm thankful many weddings also were postponed this year, you know, for, for the year, you know, so as to give time to rethink their horrible decision. Or maybe you're thankful that you didn't invest in Quibi. Yeah, bye-bye, Quibi. Maybe we're thankful there are only 10 recounts left before the election is finally over. We're thankful for family and friends. Yeah. And that this year, COVID-19 gave us a perfect excuse to avoid most of them. We're thankful that we have healed as a divided country and are now living in total peace and harmony. <coughs> yeah. Thankful that it's kind of hard to tell vodka from water on a Zoom call with co-workers. Maybe you're thankful for seeing the New England Patriots lose, or that Randy Quaid isn't in charge of our elections. Maybe you're thankful Kim and Kanye won't be living in the White House, or that we're not facing a shortage of buttermilk ranch. I know a lot of us, including me, are especially thankful for stretchy pants. However, I don't think many were thankful for that person, and you know who I'm talking about, who made everybody at the Thanksgiving table go around and say what they're thankful for before anybody could start to eat. This station presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today we salute you, Mr. Makes Everyone Say What They're Thankful For. Mr. Makes Everyone Say What They're Thankful For. You would not let people eat their Thanksgiving dinner until they showed their gratitude for the year. Yes, you actually kept this annoying tradition in 2020. Are you freaking at least this year, there were less people to go around. I'm thankful this only happens once a year, yeah. My cousin Jimmy said he's thankful for family. That's what I was going to say. I guess I'm thankful I'm not a turkey. Does that work for you? Oh, omnivorous oracle of optimism. Your mister makes everyone say what they're thankful for. A real American hero. Mr. makes everyone say what they're thankful for. Can we eat our mashed potatoes now? Of course, there was a silver lining of the smaller Thanksgivings on Zoom Thanksgivings. <laughs> Way fewer chances to get into one of those legendary family blowouts. Yeah, we're thankful for that too, right? According to a new survey, 75% of people said that they did not expect their family to have any arguments at Thanksgiving or over the holiday season. Uh, but 17% say they did gear up for a fight and uh, well these are the 10 most common topics people wound up fighting about um, in order okay starting with politics yeah 
then the pandemic, and then the long-standing family tensions, conspiracy theories, someone's future plans, the media, money, guests' behavior, cleaning up after the meal, and drinking alcohol. Hmm. Yeah, well, there actually was a way to survive Thanksgiving with the family. This holiday season has dozens of new rules, but you can enforce them all with the Thanksgiving ref. Too many men on the couch. That's a 15-yard penalty and loss of TV remote. The Thanksgiving ref guarantees you a meal everyone can vote for. Wow, these rolls are a winner. <laughs> Unlike your boy, Trump. Oh. Illegal hands to the face. 10-yard penalty. Replay appetizers. We'll handle the unruly guests so you can drink it all in. Hey, honey. <laughs> I'd like to show you my drumstick. <laughs> Personal foul. Unsportsmanlike conduct. The Thanksgiving ref. You cut the turkey, and we'll cut the crap. And a lot of Americans actually went forward with plans to get together with their extended family and friends for Thanksgiving, despite all the warnings against it. But a new poll found that a majority have gotten the message, and they changed their plans for the holiday because of the well, ongoing fall surge of the coronavirus around the country. And now there was an Axios... Ipsos survey that found 61% said they did in fact change their Thanksgiving plans. The most common changes reported were only celebrating with immediate household members and having a smaller dinner than originally planned. And 9% even said they're no longer planning to celebrate at all. There was a partisan divide in the results, however, with 75% of the Democrats saying they've changed their Thanksgiving plans compared to 49% of them evil Republicans. Uh, But there was one plan, though, that did not change, however. Planning to eat ourselves stupid. Hello, I am your pants. I'd like to sincerely apologize because I'm not going to fit you after Thursday. You really think you will be able to put me on after all that turkey? I was already getting pretty tight. That COVID-15 you gained is now turning into the COVID-40. Good thing there's Black Friday so you can buy a new wardrobe. Maybe I'll see you in the summer if the gyms don't close again. It's your choice to either get busy eating or get busy dieting. Apologetically yours, your pants. Of course, now the pandemic has pretty much lasted over, what, eight months now? And I think folks are starting to get a little tired of the ever-changing local guidelines, the loneliness, the mask-wearing, the limited social contact. But it seems that Grandma and Grandpa are probably having the hardest time with it. It was a Google search revealed that there are a number of guides aimed at helping adults navigate their frustrations when their parents fail to adhere to mask mandates and social distancing guidelines. See, it turns out older adults are also more likely to believe 
conspiracy theories about COVID-19 as well as, well, buy into the anti-mask propaganda. Psychiatry professor Dr. Jesse Gold explains when it comes down to these decisions, if you haven't been super good about it and your kids have, I think what happens is uh, grandparents are like, well, I don't have COVID, so it's not like I'm going to give my family COVID, so what's the harm in me just saying I'm cool? Come over and we'll social distance and hang out. Uh, Well, Gold encourages families to keep themselves safe, but also to approach their frustrated parents with grace. She adds, it doesn't help to scream, and it doesn't help to yell, and it doesn't help to shame. I think it helps to try to understand and have conversations, and that often is starting from a place of empathy. I think that it's appropriate to continue to have boundaries and enforce them. It's your children and your choice, but I think that you also probably want to take into consideration the health of your parents and think about why they may be lying. Well, with many states asking for no family gatherings or less people at the table, families, well, they had to make a few tough decisions on who would really attend and who would not be attending. Actually, I uh, had to have a Zoom family meeting about it before my own Thanksgiving. All right, can everybody see in here? I want to thank everyone in the family for having this Zoom meeting. If we go by the state rules, we can only have 10 over for Thanksgiving dinner, so someone has to be cut from the list. And we thought the only fair way to do it, family vote. Dave, we'll start with you. Uncle Earl. Huh. Sue. I'm so sorry. Earl. The twins. Definitely Uncle Earl. What? Grandpa. Earl. Dad? My son Nick, who is FaceTiming from upstairs. Uncle Earl, I guess. And you couldn't come down. Playing video games. Mm. Wow. Linda. Earl, you've never asked to host a Thanksgiving dinner, not once. That's messed up. Baby Tina. Uncle Earl. What's that, Happy? Uh. Earl? The dog gets a vote? Mm hmm. Earl? To quote Jeff Probst, the, the tribe has spoken. How about I sit at the card table? I'll be off to the side. No, Earl, I'm sorry. It's, it's unanimous. We'll make it up to you next year, Earl. Sorry, Earl. Worst year ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody had to make a decision. Anyway, well, this is one stupid, strange way to wish somebody a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, this guy in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, went out to his car and found somebody had stolen his back right tire. Yeah, but uh, they kept the car propped up by replacing the tire with a frozen turkey. I've never seen anything like this before. I've heard of people, you know, putting bricks, but I've never heard of a, a turkey underneath. I hope you enjoy that tire because you could have gave that turkey to somebody who really needed it. Of course, as far as I know, the cops haven't tracked down the tire thieves either. Of course, I have to wonder, does this guy the Turk t- took the tire think he was doing the victim a favor by providing him dinner? I mean, he couldn't even get home to enjoy it. I, I don't understand. Well, anyway, some some people, you have to wonder. The good thing to know is, though, uh, in spite of the way people behave, the more things do change, the more some of us stay the same. That's a new study by researchers in Spain that finds that people largely remain the same over time in at least one way. Uh, researcher Miguel Ruben. Rubianes explains that we found that there is a 
component of ourselves that remains stable, while another part is more susceptible to change over time. Now, the capacity for self-awareness and self-recognition was found to remain stable throughout a person's life, whereas other components, such as physical aspects, uh, psychological processes, even attitudes, beliefs, and values are more likely to change. They even found that personality tends to change slightly over the years, but that the sense of being oneself is preserved, improving our understanding of human nature. Now, it's hoped that this finding might lead to treatments for mental illness in which the sufferer has an alteration in their sense of self, I guess. I guess. I have no idea. But nobody can explain what changes in a person's life to make them steal a tire and leave a turkey underneath the wheel. I still haven't figured that out, but in any case, um, however, however way you want to, you know, cook your turkey, well, you know, we, we were talking about the possibility of getting one of those deep fryers and deep frying the turkey. Eh, well, we kind of threw that out the window because nobody wanted to completely, you know, could be taken to the emergency room with, you know, third degree burns. But, uh, I guess this guy who had the turkey put under his wheel, he could take the turkey home and thaw it out and at least have a nice Thanksgiving, right? Well, how would you thaw it out, right? I, well, you could do what this one guy does. Uh, this guy in Florida decides he's going to post a video on Facebook showing his family's tradition of how they thaw out their Thanksgiving turkey. They thaw it out in the backyard swimming pool. This is Florida, remember? See, his name is Mark O'Donnell. He shared this live video on Facebook showing his family dumping their 16-pound bird into their Clearwater Homes swimming pool. O'Donnell also explained that the turkey's packaging was closely examined for leaks before the thawing process, so to ensure no chlorinated water would seep into the fowl, and added that the turkey would be removed after spending a day thawing in the pool. Of course, it's something that his family has been doing for 18 years. We have our turkey. See our turkey? How big is it? I don't know. But it's frozen, and they say you have to have in the water, right? 16 pounds. 16 pounds. So hold on, Uncle Chuck. Here we go. What are we naming the turkey? Donald. Donald. Because <laughs> we're going to stick a fork in it. Here it goes. Oh! So yes, folks, we thaw our turkey in the pool. That's how you do it when you live in Florida, right? Tomorrow morning, we'll take that out. I don't know about you, but defrosting your turkey in the swimming pool sounds totally disgusting. But just like, you know, sleeping with a hooker, I'm assuming he wrapped up his meat. <laughs> well, let's just hope that there were no kids in the pool. I mean, the last thing anybody wants to eat on Thanksgiving is Turk pee. Well, here's a story you can trust. Because who knows more about butts than this company, the makers of Preparation H? Well, they did a survey to find out how much time we've spent sitting this year. And, uh, well, it's about four extra hours a day on average. Just under 40% of us feel the efforts or the effects of all of that sitting. 
and half specifically said there, but hurts more than usual. And here's the top places that we've uh, parked our butt while working from home this year. Uh, first, of course, in an office chair. 31% said it's one of the top places that they sit while working from home. The other, the couch, 27%. Another is working from bed. 27% have worked from bed. Uh, number four, a chair or stool in the kitchen. 22% said that. And 14% have worked on the floor. Now, four in 10 people also said they have spent more time on the toilet this year than ever before. Maybe that's because we're hiding out in there just to get away. And around one in 10 have, well, handled a work call or an email from the bathroom in the last 11 months. Yeah, so, well, look, I can't say I blame half these people. I mean, this year has been like if a dumpster factory caught fire, you know? So 2021 has got to be better, right? We're all hoping that, maybe. There's an online poll that asked 45,000 Americans to close, uh, well, I'd say they asked this about, about close to one in 10 people think 2021 might actually be worse. 48% of the people expect next year to be better. 28% said about the same, but 9% of us said it's going to be worse. 15%, well, they didn't even want to venture a guess. <laughs> yeah, man, don't jinx it. Come on. Most people said 2020 was at least an eh, okay year for them personally. Only 5% said great, but another 12% said eh, good, 38% eh, okay, 22% called it a bad year, and 21% said terrible. Now, men were more than twice as likely to say they had a great year, maybe because moms took on more of the homeschooling duties. Huh? So, how much did you accomplish this year, huh? 37% said less than they expected to, but one in five Americans actually got more done in 2020 than they thought they would. Well, here's one gal that was getting her done. I mean, I know it's been a while since I was on an airplane, but apparently things have really changed in a year. Uh, British Airwaves is investigating this right now. They found out one of their flight attendants was, well, running a little side hustle, offering sexual services to passengers. <laughs> yeah, for the low, low price of just $33, she would sell her underwear. And for $66, she'd give it to you in person at a hotel. And if the, quote, money is right, you could get more sexual services. You could also pay for adult entertainment on board the flights. Yeah, she was advertising the services on OnlyFans.com, but her accounts were deleted after British Airways found out about her. Well, not specifically her, although British Airways is actually trying to figure out which of their flight attendants this is. The spokesperson says 
it's a shocking dereliction of duty and not the image B.A. wants of its cabin crew. <laughs> yeah, the airline isn't cool with anyone else charging a baggage fee, I guess. Yeah, her trial has been delayed three hours because they couldn't get a gate. I guess if she's found guilty, she'll be demoted to package handler. Huh? Yeah, I guess if it wasn't for passengers who wanted to sit in the emergency exit row, yeah, I guess that's probably, that's probably, that's what it was. She was just doing it for them only, right? Now, yeah, definitely, it was, I guess it was a, truly a connecting flight, but you know, landing was certainly a sticky situation. Kind of gives a whole new meaning to the phrase layover, you know. Of course, right about now, millions of horny businessmen are switching their reservations to British Airwaves. Yeah, well, anyway. Then th there are some situations, though, that are more appropriate times for busting out a classic Dave Chappelle line than others. In this case, there's a 50-year-old guy named Paul Kajek from St. Petersburg, Florida. And, um, well, he got very drunk at a bar one Saturday night. A bunch of people stopped him from driving, and then the police came, and they called him a cab, but, well, old Paul just didn't want to take it. So he starts yelling at the cab driver, and then punches the guy in the face. He jumps out of the cab, starts dancing in the street, and then starts yelling, You white mother lovers! Well, not exactly that. And then he did that Chappelle line, I'm Rick James, witch! Not exactly that either, if you know what I mean. Well, you can hear it for yourself. I'm Rick James, bitch. Now, let me point out, it's important to note that uh, Paul himself is white. He's also six feet three uh, and 300 pounds. Six feet three inches, 300 pounds. Picture that in your mind. And he has male pattern baldness. So... Basically, nothing about him closely resembles Dave Chappelle. But he was arrested for battery and disorderly intoxication, though. Now, I mean, this guy is clearly an alcoholic with a temper who enjoys beating up cab drivers. Or, as we in the business refer to these people, and uh, Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, they punched a cab driver and screams the Chappelle Show quotes, right? Which kind of makes sense because, well, that was Comedy Central's last big hit. Strange things in this pandemic, but I will say this. The pandemic could be giving narcissists an ego boost. Yeah, Ohio State University researchers find that narcissists who are, well, these narcissists who are essential workers, they love their hero status. See, essential workers that scored higher on measures of narcissism shared more about their work on social media, in person and elsewhere, and this sharing increase their narcissistic feelings in the moment. Also, people with high scores on two specific types of narcissism, that's the communal and the agentic, were more likely to share about their job. Now, communal narcissists think that they're better than others, that, you know, they're being helpful. You see, we're trying to help humanity. Now, agentic narcissists are, well, those typically envisioned by people when they think of narcissism, like, you know, showing off, for example. But the former, they like to show that they're the best for being helpful and caring for others. And the latter, they're likely enjoying the attention and the status boost they get from just being called a hero. So I guess I'm glad the pandemic is helping somebody. Needless to say, 
pandemic is You've been hearing that word a lot this year. In fact, Merriam-Webster and Dictionary.com both announced their pick for the word of the year for 2020 and, of course, made it pretty easy on us because both picked the same word. That's also the most obvious word, yeah, with being pandemic. Of course, some of Merriam-Webster's runners-up are coronavirus, defund, mamba, which, by the way, was Kobe Bryant's nickname, uh, kraken, asymptomatic, and, of course, malarkey. <laughs> That's all from the presidential campaign. And some of Dictionary.com's runners-up were quarantine and social distancing, conspiracy theory, doom-scrolling, and super-spreader. Oh, and don't forget Karen. And now, the award for Merriam-Webster Word of the Year for 2020. Pandemic! This is Pandemic's first win for Word of the Year. It was last nominated in 1918 during the Spanish flu outbreak. Wow, I can't believe it. Whew. You know, uh, back in 2019, when I started in China, I never imagined I'd be standing here today. People said I'd never make it past an outbreak, let alone an epidemic. But damn it, I worked my butt off, and now I'm in 218 countries around the world, and I've taken America by storm. Oh, I'd like to thank the dictionary, but mostly, I'd like to thank that one bat in that one wet market. You gave me my start. I can never repay you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course, they were supposed to be done with this uh, process a month ago, but they decided to mask it a little longer. There were some staffers who wanted the word to be toilet paper, but they ran out of them. And in a related story, the phrase of the year is uh, cabin fever. Actually, I think the word that's really most associated with 2020, crappy. Yeah. Well, this was kind of a crappy thing that happened to this passenger. There's a video of a plane passenger dipping the hair of another airline passenger in their coffee. And the video's gone viral. Now, the clip shows woman number one getting irritated because woman number two sitting in the seat in front of her kept flipping her hair up over the seat and in over the back of the seat you know during the flight which blocks woman number one's entertainment screen right so then woman number one puts chewing gum in the woman number two's long blonde hair and at one point, even a flight attendant walks by, sees the whole thing going on, and then continues walking on by. Then woman number one takes out <laughs> nail clippers and snips off pieces of her hair before dunking the ends of woman number two's hair in a mug of coffee. Imagine all of this going on. Of course, the footage got posted on TikTok and it's been, what, viewed by millions of people. Although... It could also be fake. Who knows? Anymore? But certainly entertaining. Well, this isn't fake. This French chef has earned a world record after creating a pizza topped with 254 varieties of cheese. Now, my wife loves cheese, but I think even this is a little over the top. Benoit Bruel 
cooked up a pizza in Lyons and told Guinness officials he thought it was important for the record to be held by Fratz, which is known for its cheeses. Uh, Guinness shared a video of him weighing out each portion of cheese to make sure that it was enough to qualify for the world record. Now, there is no report of anyone eating the pizza. However, one pizza chain, well, I think they are jumping on the old bandwagon for the new pie, I can promise you. I don't think you're going to want to take a dump for a whole week. Congratulations to the French chef who created a pizza with over 250 cheeses and set a Guinness World Record. And now, in honor of his creation, Pizza Hut is coming out with The Clogger. It's a cheese pizza made with more than 50 cheeses, including mozzarella, parmesan, gorgonzola, provolone, assaggio, ricotta, mascarpone, burrata, fontina, and more. The Pizza Hut Clogger. It's so cheesy and delicious, you're not going to take a dump for a week. Warning, Pizza Hut is not responsible for blocked arteries from ingesting their 50 cheese pizza. The Clogger, new from Pizza Hut. And maybe if pizza is not your thing, I'm sure you would love to sink your teeth into a McRib I've already seen pictures of this stuff being posted on Facebook. People are going nuts that McDonald's is bringing back the McRib. But were you ready to sell your beautiful, luscious man beard for $3 worth of that mystery meat? Well, McDonald's, they actually held a new contest where they gave free McRib sandwiches to the first 10,000 men who posted a selfie of their clean-shaven face on Twitter. The McRib, you know, now is on sale pretty much everywhere at all the McDonald's around the country. Now, the limited-time-only sandwich returns, and with it, well, you get also the return of those uh, McRib superfans who just can't wait to sink their teeth into one. So I'll pay tribute to them as the real American heroes they truly are. This station presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today, we salute you, Mr. First Guy in Line for a McRib. Mr. First Guy in Line for a McRib. There are plenty of red letter days on the calendar, but you've got one in particular circled in red marker with red arrows pointing at it from all directions. Oh, Sultan of the Seasonal Sandwich. It's like Christmas for your taste buds. And you queued up at the crack of dawn. You're drooling all over your folding chair, yeah. So as you duck in for your McMorning McSandwich, tip your cap and say excuse me to the man who's partially blocking the door waiting for that succulent switchover to the lunch menu. He's Mr. First Guy in Line for a McRib, a real American hero. Mr. First Guy in Line for a McRib. For a limited time, only at participating locations. You know, everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and I would love to hear about it. If you've got a great story from your stupid world, or if you just want to respond to one of mine, let me hear from you. Contact me at shoutout at insaneerklane.com. Or if you've got a question, a comment about something I've said, or if you want to tell me some firsthand experience of stupidity you've encountered, I'd love for you to record a message for me at podcast.insaneeriklane.com. I might actually use your feedback on an upcoming episode. And if you haven't already, 
and I fail to see why not, follow me on social media on Facebook or Twitter by searching out the handle at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. Well, you might want to pull out your copy of uh, George Orwell's 1984. Oh, you don't have a copy? You might want to invest yourself in one because um, when you hear about this, you might need the book for reference. Actually, uh, Microsoft has developed a new technology that can tell when its employees are bored during a meeting. Now, the brand has filed a patent for a network that will monitor and score body language, speech, and facial expressions at meetings via cameras, sensors, and software. Uh, get this, it's called Insight Computing System. <laughs> oh boy, does that sound Orwellian. It'll analyze how often each participant speaks and their speech patterns and will be able to pick up on signs that indicate a drop in productivity such as boredom and uh, tiredness. Hmm. Employees' scores can then be cross-referenced with time spent doing inappropriate activities for work, such as um, texting, checking email, browsing the internet. The system could also be used to monitor people attending both in-person meetings and um, virtual meetings. <laughs> Some experts worry, though, that this is a problematic system, noting that it's invasive and a major step back for workers' rights. But a Microsoft representative says they're certainly committed to privacy. <laughs> committed to privacy. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> and that the system is not a work monitoring tool. No, 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 the employees are going to be the tool, trust me. They also add that their hope is that the data gathered by the system could help companies avoid scheduling non-optional meetings. Okay. Um, parents, I guess, are constantly hearing from their kids that they're bored. You know, I always tell my kids when they would say that, that boredom is a choice. But I don't know, it may be a better idea to develop a insight computing system software for kids. You know, parents may need to detect it when the kids are so bored they do stupid things. <clears throat> like um, this one guy. You know, some people do silly things when they're kids. And it kind of sticks with them sometimes, you know. There's this unnamed Russian man who's now 59 years old. Well, he was just six years old whenever, for some ungodly reason, decided to wedge a coin into his right nostril. He was too scared to tell his very strict mother about his stupid maneuver. And then reportedly later, he forgot about it. How do you forget about a coin stuffed up your nose? That's what I want to know. Well. It seems the coin didn't really bother him until recently, um, when he began to complain that he couldn't breathe at all out of his right nostril. So he visits a hospital, uh, and a scan revealed that rhinoliths, rhinoliths, that's what they're called, these are, are stones in the nasal cavity, 
had actually formed around the coin. Uh, yeah, it, causing the air blocking. The doctors performed the endoscopic surgery to remove the stones and the coin. The man has regained full breathing ability in his nostril again. Well, what do you know? That reminds me of the time that my sister had this bizarre notion to jam a raw peanut up her nostril when she was about three years old. Of course, the thing swelled up inside her nose and she had to be taken to the ER where doctors removed then what had become peanut butter, I guess. Well, back then, I guess, kids were starved for entertainment, you know, because there were no video games, you know? Unfortunately, it probably should have been the case for this one guy in Taiwan. His name is Jin Wu. He apparently, I guess, have a, has a wife who does not like it when he plays video games, something I guess he's not really outgrown. But he did manage to get his hands on a new PlayStation 5. And, well, as you might have heard, those things are pretty hard to find if, you know, if you're in the gamer community. So he comes up with this master plan for having the PS5 in the house. See, um, he pretended it was an air purifier. <laughs> well, it's actually not a terrible idea. I mean, the PS5 is pretty sleek and modern-looking, you know, and you might think it was an air purifier if somebody said, hey, this is an air purifier, and, well, you didn't really know any better. Of course, unfortunately for Jen, his wife quickly figured out what it really was, and she sold it. <laughs> yeah, that's cold-blooded, man. <laughs> well, according to the guy who bought it, definitely was the cheapest price for a PS5 he'd ever seen. And, of course, this fellow was hoping his wife wasn't paying attention to his ruse, I guess, but I'll say this, there were a lot of people paying attention to the name of this one Austrian town. Yes, uh, and come next year, this particular little village of about 100 residents near the German border will have to change, well, they don't have to, but I think they've decided to change their name to Fugging. F-U-G-G-I-N-G. -G -G. Now, the mayor of Tarsdorf, the municipality where the village is located, um, told the regional daily newspaper, I cannot con or I can confirm that this village will be renamed. Now, I really don't want to say anything more. We've had enough media frenzy about this in the past. Now, for the English-speaking tourists who have gone to Austria, they have flocked to this town, which has been renamed uh, Fuging, because of what they used to call themselves. It's pronounced, well, it used to be pronounced, Fuking. <laughs> I'll give you an idea of what the spelling is in English. Well, let me just put it to you this way. It's spelled, um, shall we say, uh, hmm... Forsaking um, unnatural caramel knowledge. I don't know. What is that? Anyway, <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking about. But they pronounced it Fuking. Okay. Well, English people have been flocking to Fuking, Australia for a photo op next to the entrance sign bearing the village's name. Some even capture themselves striking <laughs> lewd positions 
and poses in front of the marker for social media. <laughs> and I've seen some. Signposts have also been reportedly stolen, for obvious reasons, promoting authorities to install new signs with concrete to deter future thefts. That was a map from 1825, bore the village name of um, <coughs> Fuking, but some experts believe the name dates all the way back to the 11th century there in Austria. Of course, if you ask me, changing the name to Fuging will really do nothing but attract crowds of tourists who can't spell. What, but change the name? I mean, they should just print bumper stickers and sell t-shirts. I mean, talk about a license to print money here, for crying out loud. <laughs> so, the Austrians decide to remove what was perceived as an offensive sign, while the aliens decided to remove theirs as well. Their sign, in this case, were a shiny metal monolith that appeared in the Utah desert. Well, the thing was already mysterious to start with. Land officials didn't know how it got there, and after it was found in Utah, lots and lots of people went hiking out to see it. Now, there aren't any bathrooms anywhere close to that area, so the Bureau of Land Management, or the BLM, says visitors who flocked to the site left behind um, human waste as evidence of their visit, but the mystery now has deepened. The monolith disappeared after a few days. Officials in the state's Bureau of Land Management say they don't know how it happened either. Now, CNN reports this. Uh, a BLM Facebook post said that the monolith vanished, removed by a person or group or something. Now, uh, <laughs> the agency denied responsibility um, the BLM does not remove the structure, it did not remove the structure, which is considered private property, according to the Facebook post. Now, officials didn't release the exact location, but visitors began arriving in this remote spot uh, to see it. Any investigation of what the BLM called an illegally installed structure would be up to the sheriff's office, according to the Facebook post. But after the monolith was discovered, uh, tongue-in-cheek speculation centered on aliens as potential suspects. Now, an Instagram post from the State Department of Public Safety did not let aliens off the hook in the new mystery. <coughs> Almost as quickly as it appeared, now it has disappeared, said the Post, per the New York Times. Well, it turns out humans did take it down. Photographer Ross Bernards says he made a trip to photograph the sleek metal monolith and just happened to be there when some guys come along and tore it down. He took some grainy photos of the incident and posted them to Instagram. And then he notes they quickly broke it apart and as they were carrying it uh, to the wheelbarrow that they had brought, one of them looks back at all of us and says, Leave no trace. Hmm. It's not clear if uh, the people who took down the monolith are the same people that installed it, but wait, there's more. Ripley's, believe it or not, said they would pay $10,000 to the first person that came forward as the proud legal owner of the monolith, or who could provide accurate information exclusively to Ripley's Believe It or Not as to where to find it. Now, tips could be submitted anonymously, um, but the reward would expire 
at the end of this weird year of 2020. Oh, but then there now is a group of guys who now have taken credit for removing the monolith in the Utah desert, and they posted about how and why they did it on social media. They said all the visitors that it drew were actually causing real damage to the land. Not to mention what damage to the land the monolith caused. I don't know. But the guy who saw them knock it down says they told him it's what happens when people leave trash in the desert. <clears throat> he also said it was obviously man-made and wasn't left there by aliens. All four of them pushed it over to the one side and then pushed it back to the other side. And it just fell straight onto the ground. Right after it had fallen over and made a loud thud, they said, one of them said, um, this is why you don't leave trash in the desert. And as they loaded it up, were loading it up and walking away, they just said, leave no trace and left. Aliens were not involved in any way, shape or form in this thing. They had nothing to do with it, nor was it some secret government project. None of that had anything to do with it. It was clearly an art piece by someone. Leave the art to places where art should be and let mother nature have her space for art. I mean, look, I, I'd pay, what, $10,000 if someone could guarantee me I'd never have to hear about this monolith again. I mean, if aliens own the thing, I have a feeling 10 grand won't really motivate them to come forward, you know? If whoever left the monolith there was, uh, what, looking for intelligent life? <laughs> I think they might have their answer. And if aliens did take it, I have some junk in my basement. I'd like them to collect too while they're at it. I mean, look, could 2020 get any more bizarre without a reenactment of 2001 A Space Odyssey? This definitely has to be paranormal activity from the ghost of Stanley Kubrick. I, well, at any rate, the saga goes on. The newest twist? Another virtually identical monolith was found near an ancient archaeological landmark in Romania. Yeah, right, halfway around the world, another one of these uh, monoliths showed up, and there's no word on where that statue came from, when it went up, or when the aliens are going to beam down and reclaim it like they did with the one in Utah. Oh, but then three days later, it disappeared as well, just like the one in Utah. <clears throat> Incidentally, it also just happened to have disappeared on the night <clears throat> the Scottish folks know as St. Andrew's Day, which is uh, associated with uh, supernatural activity like sinister wolves being able to talk and people turning into werewolves. So if you're looking for the hottest, most talked about gift for Christmas then look no further. What's the hottest gift this season? It's not an Xbox, not an Apple Watch, not an air fryer. Give me a hint. One showed up in the Utah desert, then it disappeared. Then one showed up in Romania. Everybody's going to want one. It's my monolith. Give them a mysterious structure of their very own. Ho, ho, ho. So what are you hoping for? I want a monolith. Ho, ho. Huh? Put it in the yard. Confuse the neighbors. They'll wonder, is it a viral stunt? Is it ancient aliens? It's mysterious. It's my monolith. I want one. Order today. Not responsible for severe burns or radiation poisoning from exposure to my monolith. May be subject to surveillance, psychological testing, or mind control experiments. Do not stare at my monolith for longer than 15 seconds. Gorgon is the supreme ruler of the galaxy. Bow down or die, inferior earthlings. Limit one per customer. Happy holidays. Oh, and then another monolith was found, this time in Atascadero, California. 
about halfway between L.A. and San Francisco. The local news talked about some hikers who came across it. Um, the bunch of jerks eventually tore it down in the middle of the night. I passed this on the way up. I didn't think much of it, and so I just went back to my car. And then two dudes at the bottom, they were like, oh, did you see it? Did you see it? And I was like, I saw it, but I didn't know what it was. My son just showed me something on social media, so we decided to make the hike at the last minute just to come on up and take a look for myself. I think it disappeared from Utah and landed right here in the Tascadero. One of the hikers said that he thought the same monolith from Utah must have landed there. I don't know. Do you get the feeling this whole monolith deal was the work of drunken college students? I mean, if some advanced civilization were behind this, why couldn't they just stick a post-it note on the monolith with their name and number? And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's the Week in Review. Some of the, uh, well, <clears throat> insane news stories from our Week in Review... Well, it starts out with the president telling Fox Business host Maria Bartiromo that the election is the biggest fraud in the history of our country. But most people think Maria Bartiromo's breasts are probably the biggest fraud in the history of our country, frankly. You know, I mean, the president says there's no way Joe Biden got 80 million votes, but it's hard to get into the Supreme Court if he thinks the Supreme Court's hard to get into. Uh, just wait until he tries to get into the White House after January. Well, Joe and Jill Biden are expected to now get a cat in the White House to go along with their German Shepherds, Major and Scout. They're going to name the cat Whatchamacallit, you know, so Joe can remember its name. I mean, Trump was the first president, maybe in a generation, who didn't have any pets in the White House. Although, well, you know, Bill Clinton had uh, <clears throat> penthouse pets, something different. And, uh, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci is now urging New York City to close the bars and keep the schools open, which kind of makes sense, you know, because if the schools are open, then the parents won't need to hit a bar to day drink anymore. A German study found that rapeseed may be a healthier form of plant-based protein, protein than soy. Okay. Am I the only person who's never heard of rapeseed? Talk about a name that makes it hard to sell your product. Yeah. All we got in stock is rapeseed and murder leaves. I don't get it. A 22-year-old Florida mother was arrested for making her 2-year-old son vape marijuana so he would sleep better. Of course, the country's in shock. Well, Floridians are wondering why she wouldn't give him something stronger. Of course, judging by her mugshot, there wasn't a lot of weed left in the pen by the time she gave it to the kid. Police became suspicious when the child understood the Teletubbies. Of course, police were also suspicious when the cars on his Hot Wheels track were all doing 12 miles per hour with their blinkers on. <laughs> this poor stoned two-year-old, you know, and you thought, you like to eat Play-Doh. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio announced that city schools will reopen for in-person learning. The high school seniors are going to be pretty psyched when someone reads them the news. Because it's the right time for Pearl Harbor Day, or as the city kids call it, Martin Luther King Day. The school system's positivity rate fell below 3%, see, but not for marijuana. 
Top Dog rapper Lil Yas was shot dead in California at the age of 25. Hollywood police are desperately looking for a lead in the movie, which is currently the subject of a bidding war between three studios. Yeah, so far detectives haven't written any arrests, but they're written, what, two scripts? Yes, wasn't very political, see, but now he's expected to become very active in Democratic caucuses. David Prowse, the bodybuilder who physically played Darth Vader in the original Star Wars trilogy, passed away at the age of 85 this past week. He was killed by his son, Luke. Now, apparently, he, he just told him that he was the father and the kid just lost it. You know, the 85-year-old Prowse played Vader on screen as well as Frankenstein's monster and the bodyguard, Julian, in A Clockwork Orange, which, if you didn't see it, it's probably one of the best children's movies ever. The Ravens-Steelers game was postponed three times as Baltimore still tried to struggle with the coronavirus chaos. I mean, the Steelers so far are still undefeated, but this is the biggest test I think they faced. Mike Tyson admitted to smoking weed before he had his fight against Roy Jones Jr., but not as much weed as the people who paid to see the fight. But when you think about all the rappers who smoked weed on camera during their performances, technically, everybody there was high. I mean, Roy's lucky Mike didn't get the... Roy's really lucky that Mike didn't get the munchies. Never get into a conversation with Mike Tyson if he asks you to lend me your ear. Yeah, Snoop Dogg said they look like two old uncles fighting at a barbecue, most likely over the last piece of pie. And First Lady Melania Trump unveiled the Christmas decor at the White House. <clears throat> and for some reason, it was shaped like a barricade outside the Oval Office. Uh, but so far, the American people have voted this as her best Christmas display yet. But I'm sure that can change when the mail-in ballots come in. There's no manger set because, well, they couldn't find three wise men and a virgin in D.C. <laughs> yeah, that joke works every time. <clears throat> and doctors are placing Joe Biden. He's in a walking boot now because he twisted his ankle while playing with his German shepherd. And most people thought Kamala would give him the boot, right? Yeah, well, that's not until after he gets sworn in, though. Everyone's calling to see if he's going to be okay. And, of course, Hunter's calling to see if he has any painkillers. And then there's this airline industry group that's developing a digital health pass that will show customs agents that you've been vaccinated for the coronavirus before you can even enter into their countries. Of course, they need one of these on dating apps for other viruses, frankly. The pass goes for like 50 bucks or a sandwich at the airport. Now, this ought to give the travel industry a real uh, <clears throat> shot in the arm. And researchers at McMaster University found that toxic chemicals are weakening bones in the river otter's penis. Hmm. Now, before I go any further, I just want to thank the scientists at McMaster University for having the guts to tackle such an important issue. I mean, sure, we got coronavirus surging, there's still no cure for cancer, but I'll be dead gummed if the river otter isn't giving his old lady the high hard when one when all the other kids are out playing. Kind of sounds like a silly headline, but I mean to be fair, the study wasn't just focused on the river otter's man parts. I mean it was a package deal. <laughs> yeah, these are hard times for the river otter. 
And then there's the 62-year-old man that was found desperately clinging to the hull of this capsized boat off the coast of Florida. He wasn't a full-time boater. He did it on the side. The capsized boat was uh, probably the least craziest part of the story, but knowing Florida, he was smoking meth with a mermaid. A tequila bar in the UK has filed a petition to become a church just so it can get around the lockdown restrictions. Plus, like a regular church, a lot of people pass out during the sermon. It's the only church that lets you have seconds on the wine. You don't want to hear those confessions, though. A YouTuber who was, quote, chasing his dreams fractured his skull after leaping into a river from atop a massive bridge in Austin, Texas. Of course, they say everything is bigger in Texas, right? <clears throat> Including the idiots. You know, he had just enrolled in college, too. I think he was in their Head Start program. Of course, knowing Austin, he was probably too drunk to feel any of it. George Clooney made headlines by telling CBS uh, that he used a Floby to cut his hair for years. It uh, kind of sounds far-fetched, but then again, he owned a tequila company, so you never know what kind of weird ideas he goes through with, you know. The Floby is, you know, oftentimes mocked. Uh, it's a home haircutting system. You know, you hook up to a vacuum cleaner, but maybe the mocking will stop now that Clooney has proudly admitted to using one. Hi, I'm Rick Hunt, inventor of the Floby. You remember the home haircutting system you hook up to the vacuum cleaner? Yeah, real cool stuff. We've been looking for a celebrity to endorse our product, and we thought maybe like Pauly Shore or that third Hemsworth brother, but then this happened. Years ago, uh, I bought a, a thing called a Floby. That's George Clooney! George freaking Clooney! He uses a Floby! Yes. It comes with a vacuum cleaner yes. and the clippers? Yeah, I still have it. I've been sitting here racking my brain trying to figure out how to get Tony Shaloub, and then boom! Clooney! My haircuts take literally two minutes. My ex-wife told me my vacuum cleaner haircutter was stupid. How am I looking now, Cheryl? Yeah, it's Floby. Man, it works. Clooney! And the Jacksonville Jaguars fired their general manager, Dave Caldwell, after the team's 10th straight loss. The team made the announcement right before practice, which pretty much shocked the rest of the league because they didn't know the Jaguars practiced. The Jags have lost 10 straight, technically 11 if you count the game they played against their kids on Father's Sunday. <clears throat> Trump campaign lawyer Joe DeGenova says uh, former cybersecurity chief Chris Krebis should be, quote, drawn and quartered taken out at dawn and shot for claiming this was the most secure election ever. <clears throat> now, Joe DeGeneva is a pretty nice guy. I just wish he wouldn't hold back so much. Plus, if you kill the guy, he's going to wind up voting Democrat in the next election. Researchers from eight European countries concluded that a Mediterranean diet pro promotes healthy aging in adults. It's a true story. The Greeks have the best diet, but they offset the health benefits by taking up smoking at the age of five. A Los Angeles County supervisor also was seen dining indoors literally hours after she voted to ban the practice. I think she was eating at El Forno, which means the hypocrite. Intelligence officials believe Kim Jong-un received an experimental coronavirus vaccine from the Chinese government. Of course, it's the least they can do. He's their number one takeout customer. I mean, the crazy part is he was calling in to order the number 19 combination. They took it as COVID-19. <laughs> For some reason, two hours after the vaccine, he wanted to get vaccinated again. 
And German police are probing the disappearance of this giant phallus statue. They saw a car at the scene, but they're not sure who it belonged to. Whoever it was has a lot of junk in the trunk. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's Genius Award. Well, we uh, start off uh, this week's Genius Awards <clears throat> with a fight that was anything but briefs. Uh, let's just say a goopy good fighter didn't let losing his pants stop him from wrestling his adversary in the minutes-long caught-on-camera gas station brawl. <laughs> Droopy Dog, you know who Droopy Dog is. Oh, well, anyway, the video shot in a Wawa in where else? Florida! Shows the bedraggled boxer with his sweatpants drooping around his ankles, wailing on his rival in a reflective vest. <clears throat> Well, the video was posted online captures one man with a safety vest repeatedly punching another man who is on the ground with his uh, sweatpants around his thighs. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please, an employee could be heard saying. The brawl goes on for so long that the man filming the incident or videoing the incident convinces the fighters, hey guys, can you pause for a minute? I, I got to pay for something at the register. <clears throat> it was unclear what sparked the fight, but this half-naked man eventually pulls his pants up and scurries out of the convenience store. That's the last thing you want to see. Early in the morning at a Wawa, two old fat guys in a, in a grappling match with one of the guys with his sweatpants tangled up around his calves. <clears throat> yeah, you definitely need to be strong to win a fist fight, you know, but it's not every day you see someone engaged in a brawl pull out their love muscle. I mean, a Florida man fighting with his Johnson out had to be a pretty disgusting sight. I mean, all this time I thought the nastiest wiener in Wawa was spinning on the grill. Oh, well, then there's this one. <clears throat> Police say that a Florida woman was arrested for allegedly setting up a dating profile advertising free meth tonight. It sent suitors to her romantic rival's home looking for sex. According to the arrest report, 29-year-old Vanessa Marie Huckabah created the Island Babe 1234 profile on the website Seeking Arrangement and included the name, photo, cell phone number, and address of a woman who was caught dating her ex-boyfriend. Multiple strangers began arriving at the victim's residence thereafter, said Adam Linhart, a spokesman for the Monroe County Sheriff's Office. Other creeps sent the woman naked photos of themselves. The 36-year-old victim said that Huckabah, who she had never met, started harassing her in October after she began dating a man Huckabah had previously been in a relationship with for six months. Huckabah was arrested and charged with cyber-stalking and harassing, uh, which are both misdemeanors. But, jeez, this lady intentionally riled up a bunch of freaks and creeps? Yeah, yeah she's got so many sex-crazed junkies excited you'd think she was, what, Courtney Love. 
I mean, I would have been surprised to see free meth tonight on a dating profile in Florida. I, I thought that was just the way they got people to go to the Miami Marlins games. Or how about this one? A popular South Charlotte strip club has uh, had its alcohol beverage control, also known as its ABC permits, suspended by the state ABC commission. The permits for Club Onyx were suspended after multiple alleged uh, violations of Governor Cooper's executive orders relating to social distancing and face coverings, despite a cluster of confirmed COVID-19 cases previously. The first citation was issued on Halloween night after the CMPD ABC detective Chad Denton found that the club's parking lot was completely full. There were about 83 patrons inside. A few hours later, ALE Special Agent Kelly Kearns saw what she described as a extremely long, dense line of patrons wrapping around the building waiting to get in. She also says social distancing was not practiced, nor were there any consistent use of face coverings. When she entered, she said there were more than 200 patrons inside within close contact, not wearing face masks, and a lack of proper sanitizing. Obviously, the ABC Commission was very disappointed, almost as disappointed as the strippers' families. I mean, I can't imagine the big fine the strip club is facing, you know? It's going to take, you know, forever to pay it, considering they're going to be paying in singles. What about this one, though? According to this arrest report, after being placed in shackles due to some alleged drunken stupidity, a Florida collegian told cops that being restrained gets me off, and then requested someone to pinch my nipples. Uh, Cops allege that uh, Joseph Lancaster, a 22-year-old University of South Florida student, caused a disturbance after refusing to pay an $820 bill at a St. Petersburg night spot. After Lancaster argued with the security guards, his friends stepped in and paid the bar tab. Lancaster, uh, stumbling and slurring his words, then began shouting, I'm sorry none of you graduated high school, you but uh, F you. Yeah, the report states that when police, uh, when the police transport van got there, Lancaster even argued with the van driver. Now the defendant had to be placed in shackles and stated, this gets me off. He also said, pinch my nipples. Charged with disorderly intoxication, which is a misdemeanor. Lancaster was booked into the county jail. (laughs) Jeez, this kid definitely sounds like a kinky freak. He made life easy, though, for the cops because whenever they showed, uh, when they showed up, he was already in handcuffs, which, you know, kind of made things easy. I mean, this kid will, will learn that you just can't get drunk and ask somebody to twist your nipples, you know? I mean, you have to pay good money for that kind of service. And you got to check out this one. A Virginia woman was arrested after police said she opened fire on a vehicle that had crashed in her backyard. Police say they were dispatched to Warrington, Virginia, for reports of shots fired. The caller was a 74-year-old named Nancy Blow of Warrington who said she woke up to a vehicle crashing into things in her backyard, including her vehicle. Police say Blow fired a few shots at the vehicle, striking it as it attempted to leave the area. 
The suspected occupant of the vehicle was 29-year-old Caitlin Yance, was found nearby and unharmed and charged with being intoxicated in public. Police say an investigation is still ongoing. Blow is, uh, or Blau is charged with reckless discharge of a firearm and unlawful discharge of a firearm into an occupied vehicle. And she was held uh, reportedly on a $5,000 secured bond. I, I think there was maybe a little confusion here, frankly, you know? I mean, th- th- this is absolutely not what the drunk driver meant when she asked the homeowner if she wanted to take a shot, you know? I mean, I wonder if this lady used a shotgun, though. You know, the only thing that I know for sure is that the drunk driver was definitely uh, shotgunning beers. And you'll never believe this. A California man was arrested for BUI, that's boating under the influence, near the Narrows in Collier County, Florida. A 57-year-old Michael Doran of Los Angeles got pulled over for a slow-speed zone violation by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, otherwise known as the FWC. So officers said Duran obviously smelled like alcohol. They saw multiple open alcoholic beverage containers near him. They say Duran was wobbling and slurring his speech. After conducting field sobriety tests, officers determined Duran was drunk and charged him with BUI. He was placed in handcuffs and his boat was towed back to Hamilton Harbor and impounded. Duran was picked up from the boat on his way to Naples Yacht Club when officers said that he urinated and defecated on himself in the vehicle. He was allowed to use the restroom again at the Yacht Club. Officers then took Duran to the Naples Jail Center. Of course, it'll be a while before he goes on a boat again. But the next time he does, he'll definitely be the uh, one manning the poop deck. I mean, I'm sure everyone was having a really good time until he got so bombed that he went to the bathroom all over himself. Talk about a real party pooper. Okay, one more. Uh, Proving here that love is blind and sometimes a little kooky, a bodybuilder from Kazakhstan has tied the knot with his dearly beloved. A sex doll. He dated it for eight months before proposing a year ago. Clad in a black tux and a bow tie, Yuri Tolochoko, or Yuri Toloko, is seen planting a kiss on Margot, who appears a bit stiff in her revealing white gown as she clutches a bouquet of flowers and stares off into the distance. The uh, <clears throat> couple shared a romantic first dance in front of dozens of guests who attended the traditional wedding ceremony which was also shared on Instagram. The only requirements for a wedding you see to take place in Kazakhstan are that both consenting partners have to be male and female over 18 years old uh, with no mention of whether dolls are included. I mean, I've heard these dolls are really so realistic that you can't tell the difference between having sex with a doll or a human, but... (laughs) You know, to be fair, anyone marrying one of these things has never had sex with a human. As you'd imagine, his ex-girlfriend was feeling a bit deflated when she heard the news. I mean, he says they're doing great, but who do you believe? Because, you know, we're not even a week into the marriage, and she's already giving him the silent treatment. Apparently, I guess you just can't stand driving with her because she's always rubbernecking. Get it? You know, because she's made of, well, I mean, people think he's nuts. But look, 
if they do get a divorce, at least she won't take half his stuff. Well, don't forget to please uh, like, subscribe, share, um, whatever you can do to get this podcast out to all your friends and family. Because it really has been proven. After just one listen, your IQ jumps one full percentage point. And, uh, oh, by the way, if you do listen to it on the, the, the podcast on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the podcast um, because it'll always entice other people to, you know, spot check their own stupidity by, you know, maybe uh, checking out an episode or two. Okay. So let me conclude now on this one passing thought. Math is such a drama queen. I mean, seriously. It can't have that many problems. Of course, we can't do the podcast without a few acknowledgements. What? You think I write all this stuff by myself? Thanks to A-List Comedy and Large Media, Premier Networks, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, Pulse of Radio, United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane and visit InsaneEricLane.com. And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.